praise Him. Yes. Father, you're the only king in this place that's worthy of our praise. So, so we do that here this morning. We praise your name. We say you're holy, you're worthy of our praise. So Father, we love you and we thank you. to him who 
morning, church. Good morning. Is everybody alive? Come on now. Hey, happy Father's Day. Let's just give thanks for our fathers in the house. Come on now. Yep. And uh, we're really glad you joined us this morning. And uh, just a couple things to, to share. Uh, pass the friendship folders. And if you are new, please do something for us. Please stop by the next steps welcome area and just say, hey, I'm new and uh, I'd like to know more. Or, hey, I'm passing through. Let us know your name. We would just love to meet you. Um, and we also have something free to give you. So make sure you stop by on the way out. As we celebrate our fathers, we have to talk a little truth and also talk a little more truth. So check out this video. I don't care how late you stay out. Stay out as late as you want. You want to borrow the new car? You want to borrow my credit card? Kids today, they really have it rough. I have no idea where we are or where we're going. I mean, when I was their age, life was easy. Super easy. Why haven't you gotten a tattoo yet? How come you don't have any piercings yet? Yep, we're lost. We are completely lost. Ooh, sports. It, it, just do whatever the mechanic says to do. Vehicle maintenance is completely overrated. Look, whatever the mechanic is asking, just pay him. Pay him whatever he wants. I wish they had soap operas at night. I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. Well, what about the creepy guy with the motorcycle? He's cute. Yeah, sure. Spring break in Tahiti sounds fun. Hey, make sure you get all your video games done before you start your homework. You don't have to pass all your classes. What? You have a project due tomorrow and you've known about it for four weeks and you haven't started yet? Sweet! Doesn't anybody want to know if we're there yet? Remember, if you need anything between midnight and 4 a.m., please come wake me up. Hey, I'm on the phone. Could you bring the baby over and let him climb all over me? Hey! Hey! Can you please turn that music up? Well, we just stopped for lunch 10 minutes ago, but yeah, let's stop again. I never have trouble with my toddler. I never have trouble with my teenagers. I never have trouble with my adult children. You know, she's right. We are ruining her life. Yes, more homework to correct. All right, whining. Yay, tantrums. Mmm, vomit. We just really need to spoil these kids more. Sorry, buddy. I don't know any good jokes at all. You're 16. You pretty much know everything now. I think 18's a great age to get married. Okay, remember, make sure you turn on all the lights before you leave the house. Hey, could you leave the front door open for a couple hours? Thanks. Money really does grow on trees. There you go. Yeah. Let's just thank God again for our fathers. Yep. So whether you have your own children or you are a father figure to somebody else's kids, you are a leader, and we are so thankful and grateful for you. And so as we keep sharing this morning, we have a couple highlights. So next uh, weekend is Founders Weekend. So Pastor Arnold and his wife, Joanne, will be joining us. And we're super excited to have them with us. And so we have VBS coming up on July 9th through the 13th. And so please grab a donation card as you leave at the VBS table. It's the one that's super colorful and just really exciting. And so talk to Courtney and Priscilla and their team. They'd love to help you as well as we are looking for people to join the VBS team to serve here and to point kids to Jesus Christ. That's our mission here at Crossroads. And we have this incredible opportunity to have a fun week with these kids and just to say, hey, Jesus is the priority. Jesus has a purpose for your life. And we can, like the theme says this year, get amped about that. 
And so last Friday, this past Friday, just a couple days ago, we had our June Jamboree, and it was a great, great, great time. And it was just a fun night for families and just people to hang out and see other people from the church maybe haven't seen in a while. And we saw a lot of people come to our property that we haven't seen. Lots of preschool families that come to our preschool here. And it was just a really exciting time and stories of like, hey, I've never been here, but this church seems like a cool place to, hey, it was just a fun time with my kids that I haven't had in a long time. And so I would just love if we could just recognize Jenny Hoffman and her 70-plus volunteers. Just give Jenny a hand. Yep. It was just exciting to see 70-plus volunteers, Jenny, and just doing a phenomenal job. It was awesome. And just, Jenny, thank you so much for all your time. We just so appreciate you, and it's exciting stuff. One more thing is we are always looking for more people to join our teams here at Crossroads. And so if you look in your bulletin, there's a little insert looks like this. And help us welcome new families. So we're looking for people to greet, help in the parking lot, as well as with next steps, and helping people seat and kind of helping in, in the auditorium with ushering and all kinds of things. So if you're interested or have more questions, please fill that out and give it to the Next Steps uh, Welcome Center people. They'd love to help you out with that. As the ushers come forward for our morning offering, I just want to remind us that our mission here at Crossroads is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're brand new with us this morning and this is your first time, this is your second time, you're still checking things out, feel free to let the offering play pass. This is for those who are regular in the grace of giving. Um, maybe your offering this morning could be filling out a connect card in front of you and writing a prayer request on there and just put it in the offering box or in the offering plate. You don't have to write your name on it, but just know we see those and we pray for those. And so we're excited about what God's going to do in this place. So let's, uh, let's go to Lord in prayer. God, we love you. We just acknowledge you as the priority. Jesus, you, you have saved us. You've kicked down the walls of our heart. God, you have shined the light on the areas that we thought could we could never figure out and articulate, God, just our need for you. And so, Lord, as we've been singing to you, God, and we've shared all the cool things that we're doing here about reaching the mission of bringing people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, God, we now give to the mission to see people's lives changed by Jesus Christ. And so, God, it's an exciting opportunity we have this morning to just take time, just focus on you. And now we want to see people's lives changed by Jesus. So, God, do the work that only you can do move in our hearts, move in this time, move in this space. God, we're so excited and just so thankful for what you've done in our lives. And now, God, we give to that mission to see your kingdom widen. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us first. Amen. Amen. And I'm excited as we uh, have talked a little bit about introducing new songs, and that's a way to say what we know about Jesus, but just in a different way. And so we're going to sing in the wonderful, the powerful, the beautiful name of Jesus. Hidden glory in creation 
I can't get over the words. You have no rival. You have no equal. Let us not believe the lies that so easily trap us, but know that your glory is all we need. We praise your name because it's powerful, because it's beautiful, because it's wonderful. God, we run to you. We thank you for that truth. Soften our hearts as we hear your word, that you might reveal just a little bit more of yourself to us than we already know. Father, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Aren't you glad to be here on Man Day? Huh? Let's give God a hand. Good to see you all today. We're so thankful for everybody who brought their toys out there. I love it, man. You know, everybody got their the toy, the cars out there, the big man toys, right? And uh, and then all those people who were cooking. How about Ed and Denise out there, huh? Cooking out there. Give them a hand, man, you know? Denise was out there. I said, you know, I said, man, there's nothing like the smell of bacon, you know, and, you know, bacon makes a good day in church. She said, the only thing better than bacon is more bacon. So I was like, I like your style, Denise. Keep that going. So a friend of mine up in Boston at his church, they're having, they're having bacon maple donuts today. Could you imagine that? I said, we'll stay healthy, bacon and eggs, right? So it's all good. All right, we're continuing our series on goals. And, and, and by the way, next weekend, we're going to have Founders Weekend. Pastor John will be here. It's going to be an exciting time. He was uh, pastor of this church for 47 years. Uh, had he continued this October, it would have been 50 years. And uh, so we're going to have a fun time with him next weekend and just love on him. And uh, it'll be a special time. And after this service next week, we're going to have a picnic lunch in the gym, all right? So there'll be hamburgers, hot dogs, that type of thing. We want you to, uh, uh, to stay, plan to stay for that as well. That'll be a fun time. Uh, today we're picking up on our series on goals. And these are really goals. You know, our goal is to be like Jesus. Uh, and, you know, what, what a greater goal for Father's Day. You know, here it is, Man Day, Father's Day. What a great goal. We, we started this series on Mother's Day, and uh, we're continuing it here today on Father's Day. What a great goal to continue. Math, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. So we started out looking at love, joy, and peace, and we said those were the three that everybody really loves, and uh, we all want to have those. And then we start to get to patience, and it's like, oh, I need, I, you know, I probably have to work on patience a little bit. Kindness, oh, I'm maybe not necessarily kind, and uh, and goodness. 
Today we're focusing on goodness. And, uh, and I want you to remember that you don't have to go out of here and try harder. That is the message of the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus is not about trying harder. It's about surrendering. It's about giving up and saying, okay, I can't be good. I'm not a good person. I'm going to come to Jesus, and I'm going to let his goodness come through me. So if we're going to understand what he's talking about here, if the fruit of the Spirit, if abiding in Christ, when you abide in Christ, remember we said Jesus says in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. So whenever you think about that, he's the vine, you're the branches, a branch can only produce fruit connected to the vine. As a matter of fact, the branch is not intended to do anything without the vine. You cut it, it dies. And that is our relationship with Jesus. You are to be connected to the vine. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything that you can do. It means you're spending time with him. You're in his presence. And the longer you spend time with him, the more you're in his presence, the more connected you are. And you just let that, you let the, 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 it's like the sap comes out through the, through the branch and produces this fruit. So we've been looking at this and today we're looking at goodness. And if you're going to start, if you're going to think about goodness and you want to really understand goodness, you have to start with God. Because God is good to me. And on the back of your notes, that's the first thing to fill in the blanks there. God is good to me. I'm going to give you three thoughts about goodness this morning. And the first one is that God is good to me. Goodness starts with God. That's where it begins. Uh, He's the author of good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father up above. Uh, Do you remember that song? I I, I told my wife I started singing this song for her, and she said that she didn't remember this song. And so I I told the the congregation in first hour, and they didn't remember that song. I'm like, am I the only person who knows this song? So I'm going to sing it for you and see if you remember it, because I have a feeling that nobody else does, all right? It went like this. God is good to me. God is good to me. He holds my hand. He helps me stand. God is good to me. Anybody ever heard that before? Okay, there's about, uh, good. This service has a little bit more people that have my connection, right? So, it, it, so and I even learned it, you know, I, I went like this. When I was a kid, I used, to, I used to sing that over and over, and it really was powerful because it spoke to me. I understood that God is good, and he's not just good, he's good to me. And so I would understand it. God is good to me. God is good to me. Then I had the hand motions. He holds my hand. He helps me stand. God is good to me. All right? Thank you. Thank you. All right? Yeah? Keep it up, and I'll grab that guitar. We'll keep going. All right? But, 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 I, <laughs> but I want you to understand, you know, God is good. Look what the psalmist says here. Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts him. Happy is the man who trusts him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, it's very interesting because in Psalm 34, David gives a whole, a whole, whole like, string of verses here that tell you why God is good. And it was how he tasted him. Let me just read that to you. Psalm 34, verse 1. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's powerful right there. I'll bless him at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. That that substitutes, there's the good. See, the praise will continually be in my mouth. I don't have to use my mouth for bad. I don't have to carry on somebody's gossip. I have to carry on a bad story. His praise will be continually on my mouth even when things are bad. Um, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought, now here, here he's giving you what, how he tasted the Lord. He says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Now, God doesn't deliver us. He doesn't, he doesn't make things disappear. We have to deal with bad things, but he delivers you from your fear. You know, there are bad things that are happening in your life, and you have fear of those bad things. And you know what? God, the, the psalmist says here that the Lord delivers me from my fear. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. And then I love the next verse because I, I'm memorizing this because it reminds me of me. And I love how honest David is here. He, he says, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. Did you catch that? He said, this poor man, this poor man. And I, that's how I feel half the time when I come to God. Lord, this poor man, who am I that you should listen to me? But I'm here. Thank you. This poor man uh, cried out to the Lord and he heard him. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, those who honor him. He, 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 the angel of the Lord encamps around them and he delivers them. So God takes us through what we have to go through. He delivers you from your fear. And he says, in the very next verse, he says, Now taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, happy is the man who takes refuge, who hides in him. Don't hide in, in what you know. Don't hide in what you can do. Who hides in Jesus? Who hides in God? Because God is all-powerful. He's almighty. And I'm going to rest in him. I'm going to rest in his goodness, not in the badness around the world. Not in what I think is good, but in who I know is good. I'm going to rest in him. Now, the word taste is really, it's a verb. It, it, it's, it's a verb. And, you know, when you're tasting something, you tasted bacon on the way in this morning, okay? Uh, and on the way out, you might, if you're lucky, there will be a leftover slice of bacon out there. You taste that bacon, it's like, oh, it's so good. There was an action. You tasted it. And the psalmist says here to taste and see for yourself. That's exactly how he's writing it. Taste that he is good and see for yourself that the Lord is good. And he says, you'll be happy if you do. I want to show you a couple, a little video of some kids tasting some ice cream. This is just, illustrates the point well. You, you, can, you can be tasting ice cream and sleep. It tastes so good you won't let it go, right? And, and, that, and that's, that's exactly the, the idea here of the verse. is like taste and see that the Lord is good. 
And like that little baby tasting that little chocolate ice cream, man, she just she about whipped her neck around, right? She's just so happy because the, ta- the taste is so good. And I, w- I want to encourage you, get to know God. And when you get to know God, you will see that he was good. And it will transform your life. One of the reasons that we know he's good is Psalm 84.11 says that the, the Lord our God is our son and our shield. He gives grace and glory. And the Lord will withhold no good thing from his children. The Lord will withhold no good thing. Now, this is the kind of God you serve. And as a person, you're coming him. You want to get connected to him. And then he's going to produce this goodness in your life. Paul tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is goodness and good, uh, good works. We're, we're, we're quite often afraid to talk about good works. And the reason that we, we kind of steer away from that is because we know that our good works don't get us to heaven. So in our church, you don't often hear us talk about good works because good works don't get you to heaven. However, let us not be afraid of good works. Let us not be afraid of goodness because it's a fruit of the Spirit of God in our life. And when you're connected to Jesus, when you're connected to the vine, he produces this good in your life. You can't produce it on your own. You'll go out and try to produce it on your own, and it'll be short-lived and short-lived, short-lived. But then all of a sudden, when you get connected to Jesus, man, he takes it. And he, and he, starts, a, uh, he starts and he keeps continuing. Uh, over in Philippians, the Apostle Paul said that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So God starts this work in you. It starts and he keeps growing it and growing it and growing it. But our works don't get us to heaven. And I think we have to be real clear about that. So goodness doesn't get you to heaven. Nobody goes to heaven because they're good. Uh, The the, the Bible says here in in Ephesians 2, 8 and and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works. It's not of the good things that you do, lest anyone should boast. So, so the Apostle Paul is real clear. Look, it is grace. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin, and there's no competition in heaven. There's only one way in, and that's through the cross of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did on the cross. And, and he says it is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You don't even deserve it. It is not of works so that no one can boast. But consider the next step, verse 10. That was Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Now look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship. When you see that four, when you see that, that's a little connecting rod there. Four, in light of what you've just heard. So then understand this, that we are God's workmanship. The idea here is uh, some translations will use the word masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. God is working in your life. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. It's the masterpiece. He will be faithful to complete this masterpiece. Uh, Things are looking bad. Things are hard. You're going through trials. You're going through difficulties. God is working in your life. And he created you in Christ Jesus for good works. God saved us not because of our good works, but he saved us to do a good work. And that good work was prepared beforehand by God. God prepared beforehand that which we sh- w- w- that we should walk in them. So God has a plan for your life is what this is saying. God wants to produce goodness in your life. He wants to, uh, to make you useful in our community. He wants you to be useful in your church. There is a plan. This is not some random thing. This is not some make you feel good thing. 
This is the God of the universe says, I have a plan for your life and it is to prosper you, not to harm you. So when you start to understand that, you start to go through life and, uh, and, you, and you say, well, I want, I want to see God do this. But unfortunately, many times people, when, when they think of good in their life, they think of things that they don't do. They think of not being bad, okay? So you think of goodness as not being badness, right? So, uh, and so, so here, here's what it is. I, I don't want us to be thinking about what we don't do. You know, many times, it's true, there are weeds in our life, and we have to pull the weeds, right? Uh, if you want good things to grow, you have to pull the weeds, uh, and, and somebody over at our teenage, at our teen center over there, uh, the Connect building, somebody sprayed the lawn and they killed all the weeds and all of a sudden the grass started to grow. And it's amazing how the grass just starts growing. Now we have a problem. We've got to crack the grass. You know, it's just like this grass is full and it's like, wow, we've got to keep up after it. That's what happens in our life. We pull the weeds. But if there were no grass after the weeds were gone, we'd just have mud. And so God is producing something good in you, not mud. He's not just pulling weeds and saying, here you are, you're this void of existence. It's not, you know, too many Christians tell me what they're against, what they don't do. Well, let me share with you that God has a plan for you and there is something for you to do. Yeah, we have to pull weeds. We got to deal with it. But we, got, we also have to grow in goodness. And we grow in the goodness by coming back to God. Uh, you, you know, there was a group of, uh, of people that were all about subtraction, what they didn't do. They were known as the Pharisees. They were all about pulling the weeds all the time, but they, uh, they were really good at what they were against. But what they were for was not really understood. So goodness is not merely not bad. He made, God made you uniquely you. You're his masterpiece. He gave you, uh, he gave you passions. He gave you a, a personality. He gave you a look on your face. He's made none of us the same. Isn't that powerful? I mean, thank God there's not another person like me out there. I'd drive him crazy, you know? It's like God has, there, there's no two of us that are identical. Even identical twins aren't identical. There's none of us that are the same. And so as we go out there and understand that God has a plan, he has a purpose for your life, and it is to do good, and God is developing good in your life, and it comes from him, now you can start to see life is no longer about, well, I don't do this and I don't do that. Pretty soon, all you're thinking about is, wow, look at the focus that I've got going. Many times people can, they have a hard time kicking a bad habit because all they focus on is the bad habit. You know, if you come in and you say, I'm not going to drink anymore, 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 you know what you're going to do? You go out and have a drink. You've got to focus on the good. And so that's what God says. He says, don't focus on the weeds. You've got to pull them. Yeah, we've got to deal with it. But focus on Jesus because he's going to grow this good in you and, you, and just watch him keep growing it. Now, um, Jesus was known for the good he did. Here's a, a verse from Peter. He tells the, tells the people in the book of Acts, he's preaching, and he says, now... You know of Jesus of Nazareth, um, uh, Acts 10, 38. Now you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He said there, he, he said, Peter says, you know Jesus by the good that he did. You, did. you know the Pharisees by what they don't do and what they didn't want you to do. But you know Jesus by the good that he did. 
And that's how we should be recognized in our community. We should be marked by what we do, by the good that God's calling us to do. It starts, though, with the goodness of God. God is good to me. He holds my hand. He helps me stand. God is good to me. And if you'll take that truth away from there, you've got, that, that will revolutionize your life. Because when you're down, God is good. When you're up, God is good. When everything's in between, when, when you're facing struggles, you've got to understand where the goodness comes from. The second thought on your notes today is this, that God grows his goodness in me. God grows his goodness in me. And as we talked about, talked about pulling the weeds, there, there, there's, there, God is not just about pulling weeds, he's about growing something good. It is actually bad to not do good. Can you say that with me? It is bad to not do good. Say that again. It is bad to not do good. So God is want, wants us to do good. He's developing it. And, and, and as you connect to him, this, this life flows out of you. James 4.17 says this, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So what he's saying here, James is telling us there's, basically, there, there's two types of sin. There's sins of commission, those are things that you commit. In other words, I, I punch my brother in the face, right? That's a sin of commission. Then there's a sin of omission. I was supposed to go back and tell him I'm sorry after I was done. You see, commission and omission. And typically, we only think about the commit. We forget about the omit. Uh, there, I'm supposed to give. God, God's given me. He's blessed me. And I'm supposed to give. I'm supposed to be generous and I don't. That's a sin of omission. I'm supposed to love and forgive and be kind to my neighbor. That's a sin of omission. Even though I did nothing, that's a sin of omission. You see that? Not just, we all think about the sins of commission that we commit, but there are relationships, there's things that are untied. We let them go. Those are omission. God says, you got to deal with this. Your soul won't be at rest till you deal with this. Uh, you got to give. You've got to serve. Your soul won't be at rest until you deal with these things over here because they're dragging on you. It's not just the commit. It's the omit, what you forget. Uh, you know, there was a woman. She went to jail for doing nothing. She was in Texas, and she went to jail for doing nothing. Uh, her boyfriend had given her child liquor and uh, just to, to the point where it actually killed the child. And she went to jail because she did nothing. So the boyfriend who gave the liquor went to jail and the woman who did nothing went to jail. Sin of commission and sin of omission. When we are doing good, we don't have time to do evil. Did you catch that? When you are doing good, there is no time to do evil. God's only given us so much time. So sometimes we get a little bored and we wonder, what should we be doing? Well, we know when we're doing good, I can't do evil at the same and so it's like I go out and I start moving forward. When we're doing good, we don't have time to do evil. And, uh, and so, so, so what, here's what happens. Sometimes people will get to complaining. Do you ever hear people complain about life, you know? Do you ever hear somebody complain about the next generation? Oh, the world is so bad. I don't know how the kids will ever make it. You ever hear? Raise your hand. You've heard somebody, yeah, you've heard somebody complain about that, all right? I hear that all the time. People say, oh, man, you know, uh, if, only, if only life were as good as it was in 1948 whenever I was a kid, you know? And, and people just go on about that. And so, so here's the deal. When, if you're concerned about the next generation, don't complain. Do something. Do something about it. 
Uh, get up and go serve. Come in downstairs to our kids' ministry and, and get into the rooms. Uh, jump in there. They'll train you. They'll, they'll show you what to do. Learn somebody's name. Invest and pour your life into a child. You can change the next generation one child at a time. Come into our middle school ministry. Our high school ministry, walk in over there. You know, we've got teenagers that are dealing with some pretty heavy issues, and they need somebody to come alongside them that says, hey, I've, I've been through life already. You're going to make it. Your mom, she, she didn't mean that when she blew up on you. You're going to make it. Your dad's actually a pretty good guy. And, and we come alongside them, and we, what do we do? We speak good in because the teenagers, they come in, oh, my dad hates me, this and that. Everybody thinks that, right? And then we come alongside and we say, well, let me help you understand your dad. Let me help you understand Jesus. Let me bring you the goodness. So, so that's how we come in and we give, we give the good. And uh, so don't complain about, stop complaining. You know, you may complain about things everywhere, you, in your job, at your office, even in the church. You complain about everything. That accomplishes nothing. Actually, it does accomplish something, and it really makes you miserable. <laughs> it makes you unhappy and can create ulcers, all right? Don't complain. Go and jump on the team. Go inside and do something. Do good. Uh, you know what? Doing good is the very best way to overcome evil. It really is. Uh, do not be overcome by evil, Romans twelve twenty one. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God, this is what his design is. So, so we see bad things in the world, we overcome it with good. Uh, doing good is God's boredom buster. You know, it's so easy for us to, to get bored in life. You can get real bored real quickly in life. And it's like, wow, I've got my job, and now I, I, you're trying to fill it. And as you start to see all these things that need filled, you get a little bit restless, and you're, and you're trying different things to fill this need. And, and, and so... The, Many times boredom is really God's trying to talk to you. He's trying to get your attention. He's saying, look, come and get connected to the vine. Come back to me. I will help you. I'll connect you to the vine. Come and hang out. And, and those boredom moments come back to God. And it's real easy to get bored, right? But when, I, when, I'm, when I'm doing something good, when goodness is involved, it, it busts the boredom up. Doing good fulfills our purpose. It brings joy. This is why God saved you, so that you can be uh, saved unto good works, to do the plan that he's called for you. There's something unique that he wants you to do. You know, there are two big days in your life. There's the day that you were born, and the day you discover why you were born. Those are the two biggest days of your life. And you know, day number one, you didn't have any control over. Day number two is, has to deal with whenever God meets you, and you start this relationship with him. And then, even more down the journey, you start to understand that here, God gifted me in a certain way. God made me to, to, with certain personality traits, with certain likes, dislikes, certain patterns, so that I could honor and glorify him. You know, you go out there and you look at the flowers, and every flower, they just glorify God. They just grow on their own. They come up, and it's like, boom. And that's how we are. We're all different. We got geraniums. We got marigolds. We got sunflowers. We got bushes. We got shrubs. We're all different. And look what God does. He says, you're all for my glory. It's like the farmer who plants all of his garden. 
plants his flower garden, and he sits down on his chair, and he looks back and goes, wow, look at that. And you know who gets the glory? The gardener. The gardener's like, wow, look what I've done. As the flowers are growing, and this is what God does in your life, he's growing, and God gets the glory. Matthew 25, God, uh, Jesus shared a parable here in Matthew chapter 25. He said this. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven will be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together the servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one. Each bag of silver, by the way, was valued at about a year's salary. Five bags of silver to one. Two bags of silver he gave to another. And one bag of silver he gave to the last. Dividing it up into, uh, into proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest their money and earned five more. So he took the, the five bags and he, he took them and he went out and invested and he comes back and he got ten bags now. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. So he invested and he got four bags total. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account for what they had used his money. The servant to, to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more. And he said, here, here's the ten bags. Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I've earned five more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the servant who, who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. And then here's Matthew twenty-five, twenty-three. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your master. He says, come, let's celebrate because you have taken what I gave you. You invested it. You used it wisely. It has multiplied. Your master is happy. And then he comes to the last one. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Here's your money back. And the master replied, you lazy servant. If, if you knew that I had harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least there I could have earned some interest on it. And so here we see that God has given us something. He's producing good in you, not so that you can hide it. You see, I think many Christians are like that. They take this good, and it's up on a shelf. And all they say is, I don't do this, and I don't do that. And they talk about what they don't do. And, and God is hidden over here, but they haven't let their light shine before the rest of the world. Our good works, the last part in your notes today is this, that, that the good that God produces in us turns the lights on. The good that God produces in us turns the lights on. You see, when, 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 the, master when, when, the, when the servant took that money and he hid it, he, he, he wasted what the master had given him. And God has done this with you. He doesn't want your relationship with God to be something that is on the shelf and you say, well, you know what? I believe everything right. And, and, and my golly, I've got all the rightness. That's not what he's about. He's about. 
Yeah, we are right because Jesus is right, and we're following the right leader. It is not about something that I hide. I go out, so God's given you a personality. He's given you gifts. You go out and you multiply them. You go into our community and you multiply them. And you, and you, just, and you invest them in the next generation. You invest them in people in your neighborhood. You invest them in your family. You invest them in your friends. Oh, I love what I see. And when I get to stand around the church and I get to take it in, I start to think about the good that I see God working in our church. It's incredible because as people are connected to the vine, I watch what God does. This weekend here at the church was a big weekend. I saw hundreds of people come and visit our church this weekend. It was an incredible, incredible weekend. Uh, but, but I saw 70 of our people out there serving. They were, they, were, they were being kind. They were helping people find their way. They were, they, were, they were meeting people. It was an incredible night. 70 of our people out serving. Can we give God a hand for that? That's the good. <clears throat> you see, the scripture says, let your light so shine before men. Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I, a couple families come to me and said to me on Friday night out here, this is the nicest thing I've ever been to in my entire life. Can we give God a hand for that? Look what he did, okay? What, whether it was they got a slice of pizza, two for a dollar at the end. Man, I was, yeah, that's cool, you know? Uh, whether, whether it was they, their kid had fun, whether they heard the band, whether somebody helped them down the trail, they were playing gaga ball in the bathroom, somebody told them where the bathroom was, this was the nicest event that they had been to. Do you know what happened? Our father was glorified. And people were saying, there's something going up on that hill up there to that church I never knew existed on the top of the hill behind the overgrown trees. God is doing something up there. Um, Jenny Hoffman, Jenny and Brandon Hoffman, they came here. Jen, Jenny came, I remember Jenny probably in about middle school, probably I think around nine years old is whenever I met Jenny. Jenny started coming into our youth group around ninth grade, and I remember Jenny, when she came to become a follower of Jesus Christ, she gave her heart to Jesus. She sold her life out, man. She started bringing, she, uh, people thought I was a great youth pastor. It was Jenny. She filled the place. She brought all of her friends. I had no friends. She did. She brought them all to church. And, and, and the youth group was full, and, 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 it was because, and people were coming to Jesus. It was so exciting. And why? Because God produced a good work in her life. Then she met a crazy guy named Brandon, and we prayed, prayed her through that, and they ended up getting married anyway. <laughs> Brandon and Jenny are two incredible people in our church. And you know what? Uh, yeah, let's give God a hand for them, man, you know? Now, not, not only did Jan, uh, Jenny and Brandon go out and help with a big event like that, Jenny teaches in our preschool throughout the year. Uh, Brandon, we call on him for any crazy need we have computer-wise, any type of thing. We need somebody to climb high. He'll, he'll come up. And then they go over on Wednesday night, and they're helping with middle school ministries. I mean, that, that's just incredible. It's the good work of God that comes out of these people. We have another lady. She attends our Saturday night service. She has been coming for about six years on Saturday night. She heard that there was a need to clean. And she comes in. She actually vacuums this auditorium. She volunteers every week. In the past week, I saw her up here a couple days, helping out, just jumping in. It's in her heart. It's just the goodness come out of her. Uh, there, there's, a, there's another, uh, uh, Dan and Christy McNeese, incredible people. 
Dan's got the greatest laugh in all the world. If you, if you, you ever want to have a good laugh, just say hi to Dan. It's a, it's a good time. Uh, Dan and Chrissy have served. Dan has been serving in our, he started serving a long time ago in our middle school ministry. And, uh, and then and we prayed Chrissy through marrying Dan too. I remember all that, right? So then Chrissy came, uh, you know, Chrissy and Dan became a team. They got married and, and man, they serve. And not only do you serve in our high school ministry right now, they serve over Connect students. And they also serve downstairs as first graders. They, they teach first graders on Sunday morning. And I'll say to them, don't you want to give up the first graders? How, how can you teach both of them? They're like, no, it's really cool because we get to know them in first grade. And then whenever they get over to the middle in high school, well, they're not strangers to us. I'm like, what? You are Jesus. <laughs> Beth DePietro loves drama is very active, involved in her community out, out in the Baldwin School District, comes in and uses her drama gifts for God here, helps to organize and, and direct our, 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 our dinner theater, dessert theater, our Christmas outreach programs. Man, th- this is incredible. People are doing good because God is growing through them. Rachel Lent. Rachel Lent's another incredible lady. Is Rachel down here? Here's Rachel. Rachel is, she is known as the gym teacher here at, at the elementary school north. Not, uh, not only does she do that, she is like a light out there. I mean, everybody who knows Rachel loves Rachel. She's an incredible lady out there. My, she used to teach up at the high school level. So I remember my kids having an inter- interaction with her up at the high school level. Then she came down here to the elementary center. And, and they, they all love her down here. Then she started coming to church. Rachel and John Lent started coming to church. They jumped in here. And right away, Rachel says, uh, you know, Courtney grabbed her up and says, hey, would you do a few games on Wednesday night? She's doing games on Wednesday night. Then they said, uh, Rachel and John, I think you could help out with fifth and sixth graders. So on Wednesday night, they also help out with fifth and sixth graders. And then on Sunday morning, they help out with fifth and sixth graders. And right now, John and Rachel Lent are sitting with fifth and sixth graders. Can we thank God for these people, right? John Mamitis, one of my good friends, John Mamitis. I've known John most of my life since we were kids. John Mamitis just started working at Light of Life Rescue Mission. It's powerful. It's just the goodness of God coming at him. He, he, he could have found a job anywhere. He went and looked at the Light of Life Rescue Mission. He has a passion for people. Not only does he have a passion for people, he has culinary skills, which I thank God for. It's never bad to have a culinary skill. His wife makes cakes. John and Denise love to cook. They love to make cakes. John came to me a few weeks ago, actually a few months ago, and says, would you mind if I make cakes and take them to the shut-ins, to the elderly people who can't get out? And I started pinching myself. I said, would you mind? I'm thanking God that you're doing that. Praise be to God. Chuck Green goes into the jail, and he, and, and he mentors men that are in jail. Angie Charvon was here earlier. She's serving at Light of, she served last summer at the Light of Life Rescue Mission. Roger Metcalf goes into the jail on a regular basis, and the list goes on and on and on. I can look at my own life. There was good. Listen, when there's some, God has given you good. You take it, and you invest it in somebody else. When I was 13 years old, I started out here at the church doing backyard Bible clubs. Some, the missionary came and said, who wants to do backyard Bible clubs? I went out and I started doing backyard Bible clubs. I'll never forget. I went to see the Boers. I was at Amanda, Dave and Amanda Boers' house doing, doing, uh, doing, doing backyard Bible clubs. You know what's so exciting for me? Dave and Amanda's kids, three of them are in ministry now. Can we give God a hand for that? That's exciting, man. That's what God does. 
okay? And, and, and we just watch this over and over and over. You take and invest little is much in the hand of the Lord. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, God wants to take the good in your life. He wants to develop good in your life. We are not good in ourselves. It only comes through Christ. And I want to invite you to Jesus this morning. Let your light shine. Let it shine. This community needs light. It's so dark out there, folks. This community needs you to turn the light on. And, and the list could go on and on and on. I just named a few people off here. There are people all over our church that are lights all over the place. And it would be cool to look at it like a satellite map. You just see all those lights on at night. That's what God does. He's sending us out. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe you say, Pastor Ken, I really, I really want what you're talking about. I need Jesus this morning. I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your life. It's not about going out and trying harder. It's not about going out and being doing gooder. It's about you coming and hanging out with Jesus. It's about surrender. Surrender everything to Jesus right now. If that's you, I'd like to call on you to respond to him right now. And just tell him, just say, God, I come to you and I'm ready to surrender to you. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. I need a Savior. And I'm trusting you right now, God. And for others in this room, maybe there's things that, there's sins of omission, sins of commission. You know, God's dealing with you on stuff. There's things of good. God wants to produce it. I want to encourage you. Leave this place today and go get along with Jesus and respond to what he tells you. Lord, be with your people. In your name we pray. Now we stand and sing this with me.